What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll go till 9 o'clock tonight. Appreciate everybody who's listening on the ESPN app or on iTunes or obviously out on the roads in Southern California. Uh, we got a lot to get into tonight, um, of course. Uh, we're going to spend some time on the passing of Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor. Uh, actually, this will be a, a perfect transition. So a couple of the guests that I have tonight, Mark Spears is coming on at 7.30. He's got a piece right now in the Undefeated, uh, specifically on Elgin Baylor, and it's uh, it's titled Underappreciated Superstar. So we'll get a chance to uh, uh, get Mark Spears on his piece, his thoughts, other people that he's interviewed. And then Chris McGee, Geeter, um, pre- and post-game show host, on Spectrum Sportsnet will join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Um, okay, I, I am going to start on Elgin Baylor. Uh, found out this morning there was a statement that came out from the Lakers. Um, and I'm, I'm going to throw this one out there just because, um, first of all, I do it in every show. Um, phone number is 877-710-ESPN. It's an open invitation, always. I might say something that sparks something from a Laker fan. You guys want to be a part of the show. You want to respond. You want to agree, disagree, whatever the case is. 877-710-ESPN. You do it at any time. Even if I'm not inviting, um, the invitation is always there. Um, so the passing of, of Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor. I, I want to just quickly get to, I'm going to read off some tweets here, a, a number of different people that chimed in today. On, uh, on Elgin Baylor. He was 86 years old. In the statement that the Lakers put out, passed away peacefully of natural causes today in Los Angeles at the age of 86. Baylor was surrounded by his wife, Elaine, and his daughter, Crystal. Um, I'm going to read something from Jeannie Buss here in just a second. So really quickly, you know, one of the things that Michael Thompson always tries to mention during the pregame show, and this actually happens more often than not, he'll you know, start looking at we're playing um, uh, the Atlanta Hawks or we're playing the Indiana Pacers. He wants to name off players that were great back in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, depending on when the franchise started. One of the things I've always heard him say, you know, he's talked about Elgin Baylor. Actually, a couple of days ago in the broadcast, they were talking about players that put up 60 or plus points, and there's only a handful of them. Elgin Baylor was one of those players, and, um, and uh, they were trying to uh, – they were trying to name off. I think Michael was trying to name off all the players. So there is a an underappreciation for those that played um, back in the 50s and the 60s and maybe even the 70s because we're so caught up in the moment today. And I find myself in this all the time. If I didn't actually physically watch that player, how am I always? How am I going to appreciate him more? than somebody else out there. I mean, I could do my research. I could see some highlights. I could do all that stuff. But I'll never really truly get to appreciate those that were watching those players in their prime or um, somebody's telling the story of who they are and what they've done. So I, I keep that in mind only because um, Michael had sent out a tweet earlier today and he talked about how, can you imagine if there was a player, six foot five small forward, Elgin Baylor back in... 60-61 season, averaged 34.8 points per game, 19.8 rebounds. The next year, 38.3 points, 18.6 rebounds. For his career, Elgin Baylor was 27 points and 13.5 rebounds at 6'5 as a small forward. Um, you know, if, that, if you had a player today, in today's NBA with social media, averaging those types of numbers... And don't get me wrong, there are great players. We highlight them all the time. Kevin Durant, what an amazing player. LeBron James, um, arguably the greatest to ever play the game. But when you do look back and you know you, you underappreciate certain players, it feels like from today that a lot of people are looking back and saying, damn, Elgin Baylor was one of the best to do it and probably one of the most underappreciated players. Uh, certainly, you know, the Lakers have a statue outside. Back in 2018, he got a statue outside of Staples Center. Jersey obviously hanging up at uh, Staples Center as well. So um, the Lakers have done what they can to showcase one of the greats to ever play the game and certainly one of the greats to rock the purple and gold. Um, Jeannie Buss put out as, as part of this statement, this press release that came out, Elgin was the superstar of his era. His many accolades speak to, la uh, speak to that. He was one of the few Laker players whose career spanned from Minneapolis to Los Angeles, but more importantly, he was a man of great integrity, even serving his country as a U.S. Army um, reservist. 
often playing for the Lakers only during the weekend pass. He is one of the all-time Laker greats with his number 22 jersey retired in the rafters and his statue standing guard in front of Staples Center. He will always be part of the Lakers' legacy on behalf of the Lakers. On the entire Lakers family, I'd like to send my thoughts, prayers, um, and uh, condolences to Elaine and the Baylor family. A couple other tweets I want to read off here. Um, Lakers put out this uh, just kind of in one tweet added some of the different Laker players and Laker legends that uh, were, were given their love. Kyle Kuzma, rest in peace to one of the best people ever. Lucky enough to meet him with my uh, time here in L.A., and he was a great guy. Uh, Michael Cooper, R.I.P. Elgin Baylor, one of the greatest uh, small forwards ever played for the Lakers. You'll be missed. Pal Gasol, my deepest condolences to the family, friends, rest in peace, legend. Um, Markeith Morris, R.I.P. to the legend, Elgin Baylor. Rest in peace, Elgin, Meta World Peace. So obviously a a number of different people giving their love to Elgin. And, um, you know, unfortunately, sometimes this has to happen when somebody passes is when they get all this recognition. Uh, But for someone like myself, who's, you know, 38 years old, and obviously I was more towards the latter part of the Showtime era. My real era was Kobe and Shaq. That's not, you know, to say that you can't be appreciative of the players that came obviously before um, those guys, but really, really nice I think um, the NBA put out a statement. Adam Silver put out a statement. Chris Paul had a great uh, a quote as well. I mean, so many people are coming out of their way to to honor one of the greats to ever play in the game. So, um, you know, obviously uh, we'll do the same. We'll um, honor uh, Elgin Baylor throughout the show. Okay. Lakers on a two-game losing streak. I mean, Laker fans, I don't even know where to start here. How quick did things turn around for the Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm coming in this weekend. Lakers play Saturday against the Hawks. They play Sunday against uh, the Phoenix Suns. I'm coming in this weekend. I can't tell you guys how you know excited I was about this kind of stretch for the Lakers. They go 4-0 and to start at the second half of the season. They're just starting to figure out how to win without Anthony Davis. I don't care about the matchups. I don't care that it was Indiana, Golden State, Charlotte was one of the teams. Minnesota was another team. I had some Laker fans make arguments of, well, they're not playing anybody. When you're missing Anthony Davis, I don't care who you play, but any team in the NBA, they got a shot against you. And I felt like the Lakers were just starting to click, right? Um, You know, you kind of start paying attention to the standings and you say, look at Lakers second place in the Western Conference. The team is playing well. Uh, you had a showdown coming up. Atlanta had one, I think at the time, seven in a row before they played the Lakers on Saturday. Then you had the Phoenix Suns at showdown against the Suns. All this without Anthony Davis, probably without Marcus All. We were assuming that. Um, and then Saturday afternoon happens. And how quick everything changed for the Lakers. One play. One play, everything changes. And it's not the most uncommon thing in the world. I mean, this obviously happens in sports. Um, you know, we, I could go back and give a long laundry list of teams that ended up winning championships, not because they were the best team, but maybe they were the healthiest at the right time or they were the hottest team at the right time. For the Lakers, I did really feel there was a, a – we were getting to a point of the season where you were starting to see LeBron was clicking on all cylinders. Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell – um, without Anthony Davis, knew exactly, okay, this is how we're going to contribute. This is what our role is going to be. Kuzma, fantastic off the bench. Probably one of the best stretches he's had in his career. One of the most consistent stretches that you've seen from Kuzma in his career. THT, go down the list of all these Laker players that were contributing. But everything revolved around one player. That's it, one player. Nothing else mattered. Everything revolved around LeBron James. And LBJ, by the way, just kind of looking at LBJ for a quick second. Dude's playing one of the best years of his career, and it's his 18th season. He was the leading front runner for MVP for most valuable player, um, not because we were bored and and you know we're making an argument. Well, he's 36 years old and he deserves it because of it because of his age. No, because he's still the best player in the world. Um, that's why there was a lot of conversation about LBJ. You know, obviously still uh, in the MVP chat or at least the leading candidate. And in that one play, um, life without LeBron James starts. 
And I don't even know what that looks like, to be honest with you. I don't think yesterday was a great you know, way of looking at the Lakers just because Phoenix is a good team to begin with, second place in the Western Conference. Uh, the team's going to need a little bit of time to kind of get accustomed to each other. Coach was talking about that in the uh, in the postgame show. Um, but you're already without LeBron James, or I'm sorry, you're already without Anthony Davis. Now you're without LeBron James. What do the Lakers do from here? I mean, if there's a, a fair question to ask here is how the Lakers kind of keep their head above water. Um, that's a obviously critical question, an important question, and I think there's a lot of factors that come into that. So I do want to spend a, a little bit of time on that. Before uh, before we go any further, I just want to give a quick shout-out to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. So Lakers talk here on 710 ESPN. Valvoline, a big partner, obviously, of the show. We greatly appreciate their partnership. Home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Um, you know, every time I, I want you, I want you guys to know. Every time I give a shout out to Valvoline, I'm going to also, I'm going to give the game plan. Just go on the website, SoCalOilChange.com. Put in your zip code. There's going to be a list of Valvoline Instant Oil Changes that are around you that are incredibly convenient. And also, you'll get opportunities to print out coupons or email or text those coupons to you and then get into Valvoline Instant Oil Change, get your oil change done in about 15 minutes, and then get the heck out of there. So mission accomplished. Uh, Thank you to uh, Valvoline. Um, Like I said, visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Okay, real quick. When we come back, I want to spend some time on this. What do the Lakers do from here without LeBron James and without Anthony Davis? What are certain players going to be expected to do while LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out of the lineup? We're going to spend some time on that. If you got some answers, if you got some solutions of what the next, I don't know how many days or weeks or months or whatever the case is, Lakers will have, will be without LeBron and Anthony Davis. But if you got some suggestions, hit me on Twitter at Alan Sliwo or uh, feel free to shoot me a call here, 877-710-ESPN. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710-ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. March 25th, or March 25th, not 25. Uh, March 25th, coming up this Thursday, that's the trade deadline. So I think a lot of unanswered questions about what certain players are going to do. Mark Spears coming up at 7.30. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Plus, we'll talk about his piece um, under underappreciated superstar Elgin Baylor. So we'll, we'll get into that as well. So what do the Lakers do from here? What do they do from here? Your entire team is built around two superstars. You already have missed... How many games has Anthony Davis missed? At least 15 games to this point. Maybe 17, somewhere around there. You already missed you know, a significant part of your season without Anthony Davis. And now it's LeBron James. LeBron's a different level. I mean, everybody knows how much I love Anthony Davis's game. Every Laker fan loves and appreciates that two-way player who can impact the game more on one side just as much on the offensive side. He could do it on the defensive end. LBJ, is a, it's just a different, different animal, just different. So it's one thing to kind of keep your head above water when Anthony Davis is out. Without LeBron James, it's a completely different world. So what did the Lakers do from here? Let me kind of list off some of the games that the Lakers got coming up. And by the way, on the injury front, we know LeBron out indefinitely, and that's all we know. You know, yesterday coach was asked about this, I don't know, three, four times in the pregame interview, and he's like, yep, out indefinitely. That's all we know, and that's what we're willing to share. Um, And I think that probably has a lot to do with they're not sure how long he's going to be out for. The guy's wearing a boot. It's a high ankle sprain. Those usually take a long time or a longer time to recover from. Um, yes, LBJ is a freak of nature, but they're going to be smart about it. They're going to think big picture. So whatever that timetable is, um, we, we obviously know he's going to be out for a little bit of time. As far as Anthony Davis, a week and a half ago or less than a week and a half ago, yeah, just a little bit less than a week and a half ago, uh, coach said that he would Anthony Davis would be reevaluated this Friday. 
So this Friday, we should get some kind of update on AD, whatever that means. You know, maybe it's, well, he'll be reevaluated in two more weeks, or he's progressing, but he still needs, you know, significant more time or less time, whatever the case is, we'll find out on Friday. But this is the schedule that the Lakers got coming up. In March, this week alone, you have four games. So tomorrow against the Pelicans, winnable game. I know no game without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Technically, uh, you would just assume every competitor that's going to go up against the Lakers think that they got the advantage. Completely understand. But it's not like the Pelicans are the Suns. They're you know six games below 500. They didn't win their last game against Denver, but it's they're not playing a powerhouse in the Western Conference. Then you got Philly, tough game, no question about it. It's at Staples, but no Joel Embiid. Then you got Cleveland and Orlando after that, and that kind of rounds up the week. So I point that out because as we look at this Lakers, you know, roster, and we start looking at some of the expectations that this team has, um, I think this is what we could expect from you know these current players. Montrez and Dennis Schroeder have to be the best players every night for the Lakers. And I don't think that's a stretch, and I don't think that's you know anything that we wouldn't be expecting. I think those two guys have proven, okay, we know our game's got to step up. We have the skill set to do it. Both of those guys, I think Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, I'm not concerned about them. Montrez is going to give you... Uh, on the defensive side, he's going to get a couple charges. He's going to grab 10 rebounds a game at minimum, and he's going to probably give you between 20 and 25 points. Schroeder, on the other hand, style's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, he's going to be the guy, a lot of pressure on the defensive side on point guards, try to get to the basket, do his damage inside of the paint when he can, and uh, and also try to dish out seven or eight assists. Kuzma, Taylor Horn Tucker, I'm going to lump these two guys together real quick. You know, our confidence is certainly growing in both of those guys to step up for the Lakers, even if all four of those players come through for the Lake Show. Um, it's still not enough. So I'm not really concerned with Kuzma. I'm not really concern, concerned with THT, Montrez Harrell, and Dennis Schroeder. The key to winning some of these games when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out, let's not, you know, let's not... Uh, BS each other and just think that the Lakers are going to go on some kind of run or whatever the case is. No, the expectation is Lakers are going to lose a lot of games when LeBron James and Anthony Davis are out. And that's just kind of the reality of the situation. It's no disrespect to anybody or any player on the None at all. It's just those are such amazing, unbelievable players to try and win when those guys are out against teams that are going to try and take advantage of the Lakers and are, you know, certainly going to have in their mind what an opportunity to thrive when the Lakers are down. Nobody's going to be feeling sorry for the champions. It's the other players that are going to be key. You know, I'm going to use uh, I'm going to use yesterday's game as an example. Lakers go five of twenty-five from the three-point line. KCP, Wesley Matthews, both struggle from the three, and I keep that in mind simply because it's actually very, uh, very simple. If the Lakers are going to win some games without uh, without Anthony Davis and LeBron James. KCP, Wes Matthews, Marcus Gasol when he comes back, Alex Caruso, Markeith Morris, the rest of the guys on this roster have to be productive if the Lakers got a shot to just try to run their record 500. I mean, if, if Lakers played 500 basketball until LeBron or Anthony Davis came back, what an accomplishment. Um, that's how much of a challenge it's going to be. And if they are going to do it, um, and if there are some winnable games on the schedule, I wouldn't look. Uh, I wouldn't have looked at yesterday's schedule as a winnable game. But if they are going to do it, it's certainly going to have to come because KCP is hitting some shots, Wes Matthews is hitting some threes, and not to kind of target those two players specifically. Um, but it, it is it is definitely going to be a significant, significant challenge. Um, and, and I want to play a couple a uh, couple bites here real quick because Adrian Wojnarowski. Um, was talking about this of Lakers are preparing for LeBron to be out for a certain amount of time. So let me uh, let me play this because it will give kind of a good example and we'll kind of count within this time frame how many uh, games that the Lakers have. Take a listen to Woj. They're still evaluating uh, that high ankle sprain, but, uh, but, but I'm told that the Lakers are preparing for the possibility they could be without LeBron James for three weeks, even a month. That's a normal... Uh, time frame for recovery uh, for that injury, but they're still uh, firming up a timeline. James has shown in his career an incredible ability 
to recover quickly from injury and play through injury. Uh, but this one's not going to be so easy. And, you know, the Lakers, again, are preparing for the possibility. Uh, this is going to be weeks, uh, not days. All right, so that gives us a little bit of a time frame on uh... – you know, anytime there's an injury report that says out indefinitely, and I'm sure every Laker fan and you know any sports fan, you get frustrated because it's the unknown. No, no, I want to know. How long are they going to be out for? That's why I think the Anthony Davis one has been kind of tough to swallow for the Lakers as well because you don't know the exact timeline of when these players are going to come back. But if, if, if let's just use as an example, it's three to four weeks or so, you're asking for a lot of players – that are not expected on a night-in, night-out basis to produce. You're asking for a lot of players that even if they have bad games, it's hidden because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I won't even count AD in the mix. Let me just count LeBron in the mix because even if just LeBron is in the mix, um, you could still play good basketball. Lakers proved it. Obviously, they were 4-0. But if you go a month, you know, I'm going to try to take a positive, uh, positive approach on this one. If you went a month without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. A month. Today is the 60-day. We are 60 days away from the playoffs starting today. Today. So I point that out only because at least you have time on your side a little bit. For all those Laker fans for a while that were saying, um, you know, LeBron's got to be fresh and the guy needs some rest, load management, get him out of games. Maybe there is a... Maybe there's a silver lining in this whole thing that when you do get LBJ back, you do get Anthony Davis, they could be incredibly fresh. That's kind of the positive approach of looking at you know a predicament or a situation like this is um, when those two players do come back, um, maybe they're ready to go. They're as fresh as they can be all season long. Let me uh, sneak in a quick call here. Uh, Paul in Walnut. Paul, what's going on? You're on Lakers Talk. Go ahead, bud. Hey, what's going on, man? I just had a quick question. Uh, I was looking at the schedule, and then over the next you know month from the twenty second to the twenty second, uh, we, we could really go zero and sixteen. Probably the next winnable, definitely winnable game. This schedule is tough. I didn't see that before he got hurt, mm-hmm. but it's like Washington on the twenty sixth of next month. The rest of the games is against like playoff teams that we right behind us or above us. The Nets. Let me let me give let me give some winnable games. Let me give some winnable games. So Cleveland, Orlando this week. I'm not saying that that's like a lock. Or There's no game that's a lock. I mean, we know that, right? No LeBron, no Anthony Davis. Obviously, no games yeah, a lock. Yeah. Sacramento, but that's even going to be a tough game. That's at Sacramento. Um, you got a lot of hard ones in April. Clippers. Yeah, man, so it's tough. Miami, man. Brooklyn, New York, a playoff team. Charlotte playing good ball. Boston, Utah twice. It's a it's a tough stretch. Let's just put it that way. But I, I will say this, and and I don't know if you'll agree with this, uh, Paul. They just keep their head above water. If in thirty days from now you got LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're well rested and they're fresh. Take your chances in the playoffs. I do, I do. I just hope the team can stay together. Cause you know that's a long stretch, and if losing could bring out the work, you know what I mean. What we don't need at the end of the season out of those guys. Uh, that's the only thing I'm concerned with. Appreciate yeah. you calling in, Paul. Thank you. You know, I, I I would agree with that if you had all your players healthy and you were losing games. That's one thing. But when you don't have your two stars, do those losses really count the same? You know, I, I don't think those losses count the same at all. I think you kind of look at those losses and you say, like yesterday, for example, Lakers played the Suns. And one of the things I was mentioning in the pregame show, actually in the postgame, I was like, you know, I would love to play the Suns freaking healthy. We didn't have Anthony Davis in the first matchup. And we didn't have, you know, obviously LeBron and AD yesterday. So how can you really count these losses against the Lakers? I think that's tough to do. All right, quick shout-out here. Pack your victory dance and go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. From dining to unwinding, fun is a sure bet at the best resort in Funner, California. Uh, if you're trying to plan a trip, maybe you don't want to get on a plane, go to Harris Resort SoCal. I mean, get out there. By the way, got this. Uh, brand new brewery that's out there. They got the trifecta pools is what they call it. So three different pools. Um, what a great way to get away without having to get on a plane or anything along those lines. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. Appreciate their partnership. Okay, and we come back. Mark Spears, NBA senior writer for ESPN's The Undefeated, is coming on. And uh, he's got a great article. Obviously released it today. Elgin Baylor 
underappreciated superstar. We'll get into that piece from Mark Spears. And then I want to start talking about this NBA trade deadline scenarios that could play out for the Lakers. Um, you know, obviously Damian Jones, the Lakers did not bring back. That means there's still two roster spots available. So we'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. Very excited to have Mark Spears on, NBA senior writer for ESPN's The Undefeated. He's got a great piece right now, Elgin Baylor, underappreciated superstar. What's going on, Mark? Thank you for taking the time. Oh, man, my pleasure. And uh, pleasure to talk about Mr. Baylor. Well, I'll let you kind of take the floor here. You know, the the title says everything. Underappreciated superstar. For those, and I'll throw myself into the mix, you know, I I get so caught up and it's Michael Jordan and it's LeBron James and some of the more current stars, Kobe Bryant, even Magic Johnson for me and Kareem. when you say underappreciated superstar, would love for you to kind of expand on on what kind of a superstar El- Elgin Baylor was. Well, um, he, he's probably one of the greatest of all time. I mean, the, his stats were unbelievable, um, averaging a double double, um, averaging twenty seven points for your career. Like hmm. <laughs> that, that's very hard to do, let alone one season. And, and he did that for his career. Um, I, I think the thing that always stands out to me when I talk to people from Baylor's uh, era about him was how great an athlete he was. You'd hear things like, man, he was Michael Jordan before Michael Jordan. Or, he was he was um, Dr. J before Dr. J, mm-hmm. you know. And unfortunately, he came at a time where, um, you know, one, the NBA wasn't as popular. And I know we like to fantasize about, uh, what it was like pre-Magic and, and Bird, but it, it probably was more uh, like MLS then, not not the dog MLS, but, you know, maybe even, you know, something of that ilk. It, it didn't have the popularity that it had now. And because of that, there weren't a lot of games on TV. Um, There's not a lot of video. Um, I actually did a, a documentary called uh, Katrina Kopp in the Superdome with a b- guy by the name of Paul Lisi, who's from L.A., and I remember him saying that he actually acquired a, a lot of old video uh, from the 60s and 70s NBA video. And so they might have showed them locally on TV, but, the, you know, there was no TBS, there was no ESPN, there was no TNT, NBA package to show games. So unless you were from that era, you, you know, you probably didn't see him play. I've been covering NBA since 99. I've never seen a full game of, of Elgin Baylor, but you know, and and I think that's part of it. I mean, unless you're from that era, you, you really, really don't know how great he was. Um, Spencer Haywood, the former Laker uh, hall of famer, <laughs> which might be blasphemous for LeBron James fans, but he said that Elgin was the greatest small forward ever. Hmm. Um, so um, he's uh, somebody that I, I think certainly gets appreciated now, but even the fact that, you know, with all due respect to the Lakers, um, the fact that his statue didn't grow up until 2018 when there were several, so so many before him that got a statue up, you know, says a lot about how he probably deserved more more roses while he was alive. Mark Spears, NBA senior writer for ESPN's Undefeated, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, as we started the show, uh, we're talking about Elgin Baylor and a great piece from Mark Spears on the underappreciated superstar. You know, you, you mentioned, Mark, you, you mentioned about his stats. I mean, you kind of take a look here. So, six foot five, yet he's averaging 13 rebounds a game for his career. He had a year, 38 points a game, 18.6 rebounds. Um you're right. You know, it's so easy to forget about those, uh, you know, and, and I know here from a Laker perspective, and I'm sure there's, you know, obviously those that there's a reason why Elgin Baylor's got his jersey retired and he's a Hall of Famer, all that stuff. But 
we're so quick to pay attention to the last, you know, what's happened today, um, the last, you know, few current stars and, and maybe focus our attention on those. For someone like myself, and I wish this obviously happened earlier, and Elgin Baylor has always been incredibly, incredibly nice enough to say, hey, yes, I'll, I'll join the show. I'll give my thoughts on this Lakers team or whatever the case is. But to see how many people have come out today to just kind of show their appreciation and their respect um, maybe does take it to a new level or makes people go and say, let me look back exactly what Elgin did in his career. And I think that's happening a lot today. Yeah, you know, I, I, you're in L.A., I'm not. And, and maybe you've seen some video, but I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, people are going up to his statue, paying respect, um, perhaps in his passing, uh, one beautiful thing that's come from it or is, is that people are looking at YouTube videos or, or reading his stats and realizing how great he is. It's just sad that that's coming now. Hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a, a lot of uh, great players in NBA history and um, perhaps the lesson the NBA could learn is like, hey, you know, we, you just can't, be about Bill Russell all the time. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like you always see the same saying, guys, if if you didn't know better, you know, you, you would think that the NBA's only had, you know, prior to 75, the only great player in the league was Bill Russell. You know, Oscar Robinson was great. Sam Jones was great. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was great. You know, the Havlicek, there, there's, there's a lot of great players in this league, but, um, you know, and, Russell deserves the respect that he has with his championships for sure. But, you know, guys like Jerry West and, and obviously, you know, Elgin Baylor need to be talked about a lot more. And um, uh, hopefully, you know, I've always said that I wish NBA TV once a day would show old school game of the day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And typically when they do show the old games, it's like, early 2000s or 90s, you know, and, and and I'm sure the like video was not amazing then, but better than, than say this 80s, 70s and 60s. But, you know, every once in a while you'll see some game, you know, from the 60s. I, I, I remember watching a, a game, uh, 76 ABA finals, Nuggets versus Rockets and being like, man, David Thompson might've been better than, than Dr. J, hmm. you know, um, and that, but that, you know, I was watching that, that finals on TV. And, and, but if you don't educate yourself, you don't know, hmm. you know what I mean? And they're just, the NBA has been around for 70, 70 years now. That's a lot of basketball. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So I, I do think that Baylor is a reminder of all the great players that have, you know, played in this league and, and the fact that we, you, you, you certainly need history lessons um, of the league, of the greats in the league. And I do think because Major League Baseball and the NFL did a much better job, certainly had much more better backing of um, filming games, filming moments that we have a, uh, you know, a greater sense of what the old timers were in those sports than we do in um, in the NBA. Mark Spears, uh, NBA senior writer for ESPN's The Undefeated, joining Lakers Talk. We're talking about Elgin Baylor. He's got a great piece right now um, on the undefeated, uh, the underappreciated superstar. Certainly talking about Elgin Baylor. Um, Mark, I, I do want to also get your thoughts here. Um, over the weekend, Lakers had two games, so. Um, some momentum was building for the Lakers. They started off the second half of the season 4-0, and and then obviously LeBron goes down with that high right ankle sprain. Um, Lakers lose to the Hawks. They lose to the Phoenix Suns and now have this stretch. We don't know how long. Uh, well, they'll be, out without, they'll be out without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. What, what do you think is the goal in this time for the Lakers? And maybe you could say from a game plan perspective, how the Lakers keep their head above water um, over whatever amount of time that they're out with their two uh, superstars? Oof. You know, it, I think if we go back to our conversation earlier in the season, and I think you met, we might even talk before the season started, and you asked me, like, what is my biggest concern? 
a worry for this Lakers team is just, to me, it was staying healthy, you know. And um, because but they had 73 days off, um, I, I think their margin of error or their, you know, their margin of rest was so slim that they just were more susceptible to injury. Um, and so I, I hate to see what happened to AD. I hate to see what happened to LeBron James. You know, you, you don't want that to happen. The good thing for them is they, they won so many games uh, that there, there is a, you know, a cushion there, a margin of error there. Um, and I assume there's enough time or hopefully there's enough time. I definitely think for LeBron to, to get the rest he needs and also for Anthony too. So it could be a, a, a blessing in disguise, not hmm. – from the fact that, you know, the seating, because the seating will be challenging, but it could be a blessing in disguise in terms of giving those two guys the rest that they probably need to help in terms of a repeat, trying to repeat as champions. So maybe in a sense, this is kind of their off season now. Yeah, this... Get better, take your time, and, you know, gives THT a time to, to like, establish himself. Um, it gives, um, you know, Kuzma, like, shoot, I, I better look on my fantasy. If Kuzma's not picked <laughs> up, I better pick him up. You know, like, I'm kind of mad at myself. I probably should have picked him up already. Um, but I, I, I think that it's, it's going to be some, some challenging, tough days ahead. You know, maybe you, you pick up a vet that, that could do, get some scoring for you, help you in that regard. Um, and uh, but you know outside of that, um, it's it's uh there's gonna be some lumps along the way, and it doesn't matter if LeBron is on the floor or if AD is on the floor, you're still the champs, you're still the Lakers, and people are gonna play them as if they were you know still there. You know, Mark, the Thursday trade deadline coming up, obviously the buyout market. Do you, do you think anything happens? How do, how do you think the Lakers handle? The trade deadline, how do you think they handle the buyout market? Do you think this changes things because LeBron's out now? You know, it, it'll certainly be interesting because I wonder if going there will be as attractive hmm. with them out. And that probably means that there's going to be some calls behind the scenes from LeBron and Anthony to some prospective guys to get them to come. Um and and put confidence in them that hey we will be back you know just <laughs> be patient with us but you know we will be back um, and so I, I do think um, you know um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there's there's a guy in Cleveland that I'm sure you guys would like to have perhaps two guys in Cleveland that, mm-hmm. that you'd like to have so. Um, I definitely want to see what happens with Drummond and, you know, um, McGee. Um, see what happens with those two. Um, those, those probably the main guys you guys are keeping an eye on. Because uh, I think the Lakers do need size, but perhaps, meanwhile, there is a a score that might be available that could just at least help you guys put some, some points on the board into them. But when you're the Lakers, any marquee guy that's bought out, is a candidate if you want them, hmm. you know, they're going to listen. And uh, so um, I think it's one of those wait and see things where we'll wait and, and see who's available. But anybody that's marquee um, at the Lakers want to want to, and they have one roster spot, right? Got two actually, because uh, Damian Jones after that yeah. second 10 day contract. Yep. They did not resign him. Yeah. So, um, uh, uh, that, that to me tells me that uh, they want, they expect to be a player mm-hmm. and uh, go after some people. So um, Drummond is the main guy I'm I'm definitely looking at. Um, Al Horford is, is certainly another interesting name mm. to keep an eye on. Um, I don't think Oladipo gets bought out, but maybe so. You know, even you know in last year, but. There could be definitely some interest for him. Um, I, I, in terms of trades, I, I just don't think that 
the Lakers want to give up anything, sure, <laughs> like anything sure. anybody would want. There's four guys that people would want, and I'm guessing those four guys are not on the table, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I don't see any impactful trade being made um, with the Lakers. Mark, final one for you. Um, this is my curiosity of what you think of what's going on in the Eastern Conference. Um, biggest threat to the Brooklyn Nets in the East, who, who would you think it is? Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that changes by the day, man. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it roll the dice on that one. Uh, that That's a hard one to gauge. Um, it's funny because the hottest team in the East is that actually – the Atlanta Hawks, but I have to say Milwaukee. Mm. You know, Philly is, is doing well, but you know, Embiid is certainly has a lot of injuries, and it's just his body makes me nervous. But I, I do think the PJ Tucker, you know, addition um, to Milwaukee is huge, mm. very big, and uh, I, I I would not be surprised to see a Bucks net. Uh, final in the east mark great stuff my man appreciate it um go on uh espn's undefeated go go read this uh, great article obviously um um the passing of elgin baylor earlier this morning underappreciated superstar is the title of the piece uh mark always uh appreciate your insight your obviously your opinion so thank you for doing this all right i know no problem brother take care it's right there um, you know, one of the things with with Mark and I always kind of appreciate when uh, when he joins the show, always great pieces on the undefeated. Obviously, from a timing perspective, to get his perspective on Elgin Baylor, I thought was fantastic, and uh, also some interesting things coming up from an NBA trade deadline perspective. I want to switch gears when we come back. I want to talk about this report that came out from Bleacher Report about Montrez Harrell. I want to spend some time. Lakers, uh, obviously, uh, not re-signing uh, Damian Jones for the rest of the year. I want to spend some time on that. And the uh, trade deadline coming up on March 25th. A number of players somewhat a tie to the Lakers. You know, Maybe some of them you feel like it could be more realistic than others. So we'll get into all that coming up next. 877-710-ESPN if you want to be a part of the show. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, is your vehicle due for service? Head into your neighborhood Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Um, for those who are uh, – next time, I kind of paint this picture for you. Next time you need an oil change, go to SoCalOilChange.com. Put your zip code in. All these locations are going to pop up. I'm trying to make it as easy and as convenient as possible because that's what Valvoline has done. All these locations are going to pop up, and then you have these options of printing out different coupons that are available. You can email the coupons to you. You can text them to yourself. Um, you got to take care of your car. Next time you need an oil change, it's Valvoline Instant Oil Change. For over 30 years, Valvoline has provided quick and convenient automotive maintenance services for busy people just like you. No dragging the kids to a dirty waiting room. At Valvoline, you stay in your car, you stay safe, while the expert technicians make sure your ride is in peak performance. Oil changes, tire rotations, transmission care, and more. Just pull up, drive in, and drive out in about 15 minutes. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for location and game-winning coupons off your next Valvoline Instant Oil Change. All right, Lakers back in action uh, tomorrow. Early tip-off tomorrow against the uh, Pelicans. Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. We'll get into Lonzo in a little bit as well, hearing a lot of trade rumors about about Lonzo. Um, Okay, so I read this report. There was a report by Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report. Charlotte has called the Lakers about Montrez Harrell, Lakers willing to entertain offers. So this was a, a story that came out. And listen, um, I, I want to. this is something I definitely wanted to hit on because uh, I'm a huge fan of Montrez Harrell. And I, I think there's a couple things going on here. First of all, um, I'm sure there are many teams that reach out to each other closer to the NBA trade deadline. And if you're a general manager, if you're Rob Palenka, I'm sure a lot of the times if somebody wants to entertain an offer or somebody wants to present an offer or just have a conversation, you have it. That's your job. That's what you do as a GM or a president or whatever the case is. Um, There's going to be a lot of names floated around between now and March 25th. Um, 
I don't see Montrez Harrell going anywhere. This is just my opinion. I just don't see him going anywhere. And by the way, maybe Charlotte's interest changes after LaMelo, inj- LaMelo Ball's injury um, will hold him out. They're expected for him to be out the rest of the season, that wrist injury that he had. So basically, the Lakers, um, I'm assuming here, will have uh, Montrez Harrell for this championship run. At least I would love for Montrez Harrell to be a part of this championship run. I love players like Montrez, and I think he's been, you know, obviously such a key piece for the Lakers this season. I love those type of players. Guy that doesn't need the ball, a guy that's not complaining, a guy that just rolls up his sleeves, comes to work every single day, does not complain. Um, I, I think when the Lakers got him, a lot of Laker fans were surprised that he was even an option. I mean, think about the different players that you knew Lakers had a like a nine million dollar. Um, they had enough to to go try to get a big man or address it. I remember we were thinking of Sergi Baca, and Baca ended up with the Clippers. But Montrez Harrell, nobody thought was going to be an option for the Lakers. And then Montrez signs a two year deal with the Lakers, um, and the second year is a player option. I loved everything that he's brought to the Lakers so far. Um, I think if he gets an opportunity to obviously deliver for the Lakers in the playoffs, he will deliver. And he won't complain. It seems like he has a chip on his shoulder. I think actually part of the reason why he signed the contract that he did with the Lakers is part of it to prove, hey, let me... If he thought he was going to go get a big contract last offseason and it didn't happen, that $9 million contract or two years, 18, uh, 18 I think $19 million was the exact total... His thought process was, okay, you didn't pay me this past summer. At least the league didn't. I didn't get the value that I should have got. Let me get, let me give the Lakers one year, and then if things go as planned, I'll opt out of my contract, get back into the free agency market, and let me go to work. That's what Montrez Harrell has been so far for the Lakers, in my opinion. Is he a perfect basketball player? No, he's not. But the dude is the basically the third or fourth best player on your team, third or fourth best player on your roster. And I hope he's a part of that championship run for the Lakers. There's only one part, I guess you could say one problem with Montrez Harrell um, at this point. I'll tell you exactly what it is. His contract after this season, like I mentioned, it's a player option. I think it's worth $9.7 million, and the Lakers do not have the bird rights. So they can only offer so much. So that means if he opts out of his contract, there could be a team that comes in and you know obviously tries to um, tries to give him a big contract, and and this is a player that would obviously deserve that. So I don't know if the Lakers are going to have Montrez Harrell pass this season because he is proving, I think, around the league in the NBA that he's incredibly undervalued from a contract perspective. That's the only thing that hurts Montrez Harrell with the Lakers is that he's not locked up for three years or two years or whatever the case is, that he has his player option. And you want the guy. I mean, hats off to him. If he's able to go out, he's one of those players that he bet on himself um, to take a two-year deal at a very reasonable price with that player option. So he obviously has in his mind that he's going to go out there and he's going to make things happen and then he's going to get the money that he deserves. Um, I'd still take my chances with Montrez Harrell, play out the rest of the season with him. Remember, a lot of this can just be talk. I mean, uh, this is the type of chatter that happens every single year around the trade deadline. I don't expect Montrez Harrell to go anywhere, um, but I take my chances with Montrez. I'm not, you know, it, there was uh, a couple times this conversation has come up and I'll talk to Laker fans and we're having a conversation in the post-game show or maybe it's Twitter or YouTube, whatever the case is. And people that are worried about Lakers next offseason, it's so tough to worry about next offseason. It is because they're positioned right now to potentially go back-to-back. You're obviously trying to take full advantage of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, you know that's obviously the position that you're in right now. And I would uh, let's just say that a guy like Montrez Harrell, you want to play out the rest of the year with a lot of these guys. I mean, in my preference, before LeBron James got injured, and I don't know how much LeBron's injury is going to affect the Lakers come trade deadline. Um, but before LBJ got injured, really, you're just thinking about the trade deadline. But more specifically, the buyout market. All right, how can the Lakers grab another player? I mean, let me, let me give you guys a good example here. Lakers let Damian Jones go. 
Damian Jones, I thought, was a really nice player for the Lakers. I really do. I hear Michael and John talking about it during the broadcast. Wow, what a great player this guy is. They they got the opportunity. He had a second 10-day contract. After that, you got to decide. Are you assigning, are you signing Damian Jones for the rest of the year, or are you going to let him go? I liked him. I thought he was a great fit. I would, There was a curiosity from my perspective. I thought having him with Gasol, with Montrez, and with a healthy Anthony Davis – I thought now you have enough size. If the question was before, Lakers don't have enough rim protection, they don't have enough size, how do you replace JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard, all that? I think that mix would have been very valuable. Um, By not re-signing him, it means Lakers have two roster spots open. Only one reason why the Lakers, in my opinion, would not re-sign Damian Jones. They must believe that they can do better that they can grab a bigger impact player. No other reason. Why would they do it? Um, I don't think there's much of a reason out there why the Lakers would do make that type of a move unless they thought they can get a bigger player. And, uh, you know, we're now in a position where we're going to find out sooner than later. Trade deadline comes up this uh, Thursday. Um, we got our top NBA stories uh, coming up next. 8.15, I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about the players that uh, are rumored around the Lakers, kind of some of those names that have been affiliated with the Lakers and who I think would be a good fit. So uh, we'll do all that uh, coming up at 8.15. Coming up next, top NBA stories. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Okay, pack your victory dance and go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. Make a splash in Funner California's trifecta of pools. Three pools, and these are award-winning pools. Some of them top 10 in the uh, in the country. Dance with Lady Luck at one of 50 tables or 1,600 slots. Or tee up the fun in SoCal's first Top Golf Swing Suite. You know, it's funny, those Top Golfs, I've been there in Vegas and have done that. Now they got one at Harris SoCal. Um, all these different things that you could do at Harris SoCal. And the great thing is, you don't have to get on a plane. You could kind of do this in a safe way, safe environment, and certainly by driving out there. Uh, from dining to unwinding, scoring a good time is as easy as picking up a room key. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com.